It's time to break out of those ministry and communication silos so that you can get back on mission. If you feel stuck or there's a lack of clarity and maybe some confusion in your church community and its communication, this episode is definitely for you. Hey there, Church Communicator. Welcome to the Church Juice Podcast, where we're energizing church communications one 20-minute episode at a time. I'm Brian Haley. And I'm Jeanette Yates. We're here to give you the communication tools and resources to help you thrive, no matter your title or role. Let's talk about cross-ministry communication. One of the biggest issues or recurring issues that come up when I talk with church communicators is this issue of communication among the team or among church leaders and staff and volunteer leaders, whatever that looks like. So really the internal communication that happens um, inside the church. So church communicators talk to me all the time about how people don't know what's happening over here in youth ministry or in women's ministry, and they're trying to communicate everything that's happening. But as the communicator, they also don't know what's happening, usually until probably like two weeks before it happens. And then it's too late to really do anything well, right? So today we're talking specifically about cross-ministry communication, that internal communication piece. I'm really excited about this conversation, and we do talk about it kind of often, but today's episode, we're diving in uh, to give you the tools, the resources, and we're just going to have really a a conversation about how to do cross-communication well with your internal teams. So I'm really excited about our conversation today. It's not always an easy conversation to have, but but it's a good one and it's healthy and it moves the team and the church forward. So yeah, so let's talk. Yeah, I think, you know, when I saw that this is what we were talking about today, I was like, oh, this is a must. You got to talk about this. It's probably the single biggest thing that communicators have to deal with whether they come in and maybe everything is fine for a while, but then either you get more platforms to deal with or more channels or a new new ministries pop up. There's lots of different things that might happen that changes the way things have worked to the way things, like you might not be able to take the system that was working into this new era of communication. So you're going to have to adjust. And I think a lot of times, you know, when back in the olden days when you communicated everything to everybody in the church, this is what the youth's doing, this is what the children's doing, this is what the adults are doing, it didn't really matter, right? You just communicated it all all the time. But now we have so many channels and so much like a saturation of communication options and messages going out to our people. If we don't know what's going on and we can't tailor the right communication to the right group of people, it's overload. And so that's why it's so important to take a step back and make sure that we're all on the same page and that we've got our focus on the right things. So I'm glad we're talking about this. Well, and you hit on something there um, that I think is really important too. Things can kind of coast along for a while in a lot of churches or in a lot of settings. But what I have found often that happens is that the, the communication issues kind of boil up when there is conflict at play or when there is some sort of difficult scenario that that the church leadership or maybe just one specific leader is having to deal with, there's some sort of conflict that happens. And then these issues around communication start to come to a head, right? Because then we start talking about the things that we've kind of avoided for a while, or maybe we've just kind of 
either pushed under the rug or just kind of skirted about for a little bit. But when it when conflict happens, then these issues start to come up. And it's really it can be a good time to address these and make the whole team move forward with some good momentum. So when you do have conflict and when you talk about communication, what are some things that you can do to to deal with it well, to to handle conflict, but also move communication in a forward direction? Well, I know that one of the biggest things that we did at my church, because we kind of had this going on where everything was kind of just rolling, rolling. And for us, it wasn't a big conflict or difficult thing that happened. We just started the the changing communication just started picking up pace. So, you know, things were just different every six months as as what platforms we were using, what channels we were using. And it became harder for us to get the right information out. And so one of the things we had to start doing in those weekly staff meetings that are never going away, (laughs) they're always (laughs) going to be there, they're always going to be too long probably, is to start a more collaborative approach within individual ministry, right? So, And sometimes maybe two ministries are working together, but they leave alone the others, or maybe one ministry is just in their groove of doing things based on, you know, they've targeted their activities and things based on their audience, so they're not worried about your audience. But guess what? Your audience is maybe the parents of the people in this audience. So I think one of the things to do is start being more collaborative in those meetings that you already have, so you're not adding any time to your schedule you know, you're just saying, okay, can we take a minute here and all get on the same page about X, Y, Z, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think when we talk about conflict, it's really a good time for people to have conversations and really to disrupt the way that we operate because people are upset about whatever or whatever the issue is. Maybe it's not really people are upset, but whatever the conflict is, it's a good time to disrupt how things are. So like you were just saying, Jeanette, like, Maybe there's two ministries that work really well together and they collaborate, but then there's seven others that don't, that that are still isolated or still feel that silo effect. So they feel like they're on an island alone and need to do this. So when conflict happens, now we can have this conversation. We can disrupt the way that things are or the way that things have been for a while, the way that things have been operating. And we can talk about, you know, maybe in staff meeting, we take 10 minutes to talk about what's happening, not just this week, but also what's happening six months from now? What do we need to be thinking about? What? How can we collaborate? Because you have your women's conference that needs volunteers, but I also have youth ministry people who need volunteer hours or who need, you know, like who can serve. So how do we collaborate in that? When we have these conversations and are open to collaboration, that's a great way to communicate well. And so I think using that staff meeting time, if you all meet regularly, carving out some time in there, asking the, whoever leads the the staff meeting, ask if we can change up what we're doing a little bit because you see this conflict is happening or you see, you know, that something needs to happen or something needs to change. So collaboration is huge. Another thing that you talk about, Jeanette, I know you love your calendar, right? Communication calendar. Why don't you talk about how you implemented communication calendars in your church setting and what that looked like? So, you know, just to go back a second, I said, oh, there was not really an issue when we started collaborating better, but we just started doing it. But there was, we did have some difficult scenarios because people were complaining about the communication. So, (laughs) at least there's a little bit of like, if people are constantly like 
saying like, I didn't know, or, you know, I got too many, whatever. That So that, there was that little bit of conflict. But the collaboration piece actually leads into the calendar piece because you can sit at staff meeting and everybody can be on the same page. And then you leave and everything goes back to the way it was because we can't remember what we talked about. So it's really important to have a calendar that everybody is working off of. So at my church, like I said, everybody was doing their own thing. We had like a church calendar, like what rooms are being used in the building. We had that kind of calendar going on, but there wasn't a marketing calendar or a communication calendar, like what needs to be communicated with. So you can have on the calendar that the big oyster roast or whatever is happening on Saturday. I don't know. I just made that. Random. We don't even Is that have a Florida oysters thing. <laughs> anyway, I don't know, but like that that's going to happen on Saturday. But you don't just start communicating that on Saturday. Where does it fit in the communication calendar? So when I say calendar, that's what I'm talking about. So what I what we started doing in staff meeting was we had a church wide communication calendar, and everything that needed to be communicated was put on the calendar, and it was built out so that the things that, you know, does this need to be communicated three weeks, six weeks to everybody, to two people, whatever. And we had that blocked out and everybody had access to that calendar beyond the staff meeting. So now I would bring in a paper calendar for us to like brainstorm on, but then it would get put into a Google calendar or whatever. And that made it very clear for everyone to know, oh, it looks a little, looks a little heavy looks a little heavy this time. So how are, you know, do I need to adjust? Or, you know, that may have been something that we need to talk about the next meeting. But we tried to keep keep up to date with that. What needs to be communicated when and by whom and to whom? Did you find that people, other staff members or whatever, did they actually use the calendar? Like, did they look at it? Because I feel like one thing that I hear is, well, yeah, I can create this, but nobody's going to look at it unless I force them to look at it. Yeah, so... At least once a week, they were looking at it because during my reporting time during the meeting, I would say, okay, these are the things on the table. This is what I'm communicating this week. In the next coming weeks, this is what's happening. So to your point, I don't know if they were looking at it other than that all the time, but I do know that that's where it was. And I also had a place in my office where it was there was a version displayed on a whiteboard. That brings me to the second or the third point which is like you have to all be connected to the vision of what you're trying to do and you have to have buy-in from people. So everyone does have to agree that we are going to follow this calendar and once it's set, we're not going to add or subtract to it unless there's an emergency situation that we have to adjust. Well, and we've talked about this before at some point, like the more that you can plan, especially as a communication leader, the more that you can plan and prepare the more room and capacity you have for when those last minute things do pop up or those emergencies just happen, right? So the more that we are prepared and the more that we are communicating well, the more space that we have when something urgent or last minute just kind of sneaks in that everyone just forgot about. Um, so I think that's a good point. Well, and what the great thing about the calendar is once you have it, you start to see rhythms. So you're not starting from scratch every year because you can take the last year's calendar and say, okay, we already know we're going to do these things. As soon as we know the dates, then you as the church communicator can start working back and say, okay, we know this is happening in 
three months and it I'm I need to start marketing in eight, you know, eight weeks out. So I need to get all the information I need. So instead of waiting for your ministry leaders to come to you and say, this is what I, you know, here's the stuff. You can go to them and say, oh, it, you know, time's, time's sneaking up on us. What do I need to know about this event that's coming up in three months? Because I'm going to start promoting it in, in, a, in a month. So I think that's another thing where that once you've done a year, you you can kind of not have to start completely from scratch every year. Realizing the clarity of mission and making sure that everyone is working together forward toward like, these are our core values that we guide everything, you know, that we do and communicate through, or this is the mission of our church. And so everything that we do needs to go through this lens. When we have that, and when we're working on communication, having that clarity and knowing like, these are the points that we're working on for this event or ministry or whatever, or when you have that clarity and you have the buy-in where everyone is communicating together in staff meeting or whatever that looks like in your context, and everyone has that buy-in and we're all working forward together, that automatically tears down those silos because everyone's communicating and everyone's working together toward something singular. And so I think that's really helpful when we're talking about breaking down those silos or communicating across ministries, across leaders. I think that's huge. Well, and like silos is something, we talk about ministry silos in church all the time, but another thing that we talk about is those sacred cows that are just like those ministries that are still around. But if you can all have the clarity of mission, all be pointed to the vision, then sometimes you're able to, like something's on the calendar, but you're like, why? Why? (laughs) And that's a time to have those conversations and say, does this still support the mission and the vision, what we're trying to accomplish? And if it doesn't, it's an opportunity. I know it doesn't happen overnight, but an opportunity to start rethinking where that, you know, the future of that ministry. So I think that's also really important is some stuff is on the calendar because it's just always been there. And maybe it's time to get it off of the calendar to make room for new Um, initiatives, events, outreaches, things like that. Yeah. And I think that takes time too. I don't, for, for most church communicators, whatever your title is, when you step into your role for the first time, unless you've been in the church for 30 years and already have clout, I don't think you're going to be able to step in for a while and say, why are we doing this? Or let's not do this. Maybe in some small things that you control, but overall, like the things that are on the church calendar, you need to earn respect. You need to earn the buy-in of the leadership. And so the more that you can encourage that collaboration, the more you are earning the ownership and the buy-in of your peers and of your leaders. And so the more that you talk about and the more that you collaborate about ministry and communication in the calendar, then you start to build that trust. And then you can have these conversations or start these conversations. And something else that might happen too, Brian, is you don't have to be the one to say, why are we having this? Because everyone's having this conversation. We've, we're all at the table sharing. We're not just head down, staying in our lane. We're looking at the whole road and the whole path. And so I think that's another thing that happens is like sometimes you don't have to be the one that's like, why is this still here? Because other people will begin to notice the other things. And of course, all of this takes time. Paradigm shifts take a ton of time. You know, it may take a couple of years to get everybody on the same page with the calendar, but it does happen. I know because it happened at my church. <laughs> it does happen. Well, and it can also be difficult for 
someone who's in a church communication role. We've talked about how church communicators are leaders. We've talked about that in the last several episodes, I think. But church communicators don't see themselves as the vision setters, right? Because you're often not, but you're part of that. And so you should be leading people toward that vision or toward that mission or toward your values, whatever you guys have set up. So yes, you may not be setting the vision or whatever, but you can help lead the conversation toward that because everything that you communicate needs to be with that in mind. And so that's where you can lead the conversation. You can lead the cross ministry communication because you have this goal in mind as a church. So you're thinking communication. You're thinking about how do we how do we communicate this well or how do we communicate toward this goal? And that's where those conversations start to start to happen over time in those settings that we've talked about with the calendar, all of those things. You can start to build that trust and start to uh, introduce these conversations because you have that trust too. Right. Well, and I think too, you can set a vision for better communication, what that looks like and why it's important. So that gives you that built will build trust if you're if you're able to say if we could get better at communicating. This is the benefit that our members, our community will experience and tie that to the vision of the church. Then you have kind of gotten your foot in that vision door, but you are the church communicator, whatever it's named at your church, and you can set a vision for communication. And I think the last thing that that you and I talked about before we started recording that I think we really want to talk about is that to do this well, to lead cross ministry communication to to lead communication in general well you need everyone on board you need everyone to be on the same team you made a point that i cannot tear down jeanette's communication silos or ministry silos for her she needs to see the value in that you need to understand how how collaborating how working together changes things for the better so everyone needs to be on board and everyone needs to be on the same team everyone needs to be on the same page this is what we're working toward, and that's how we work together to, 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 to improve our communication across our internal methods and teams and whatever that looks like. Right, and that internal communication has to happen first so that you can communicate better externally. But yeah, it doesn't work if everybody's not on the same page, unfortunately, because then you still have someone communicating extra things <laughs> that aren't, you know, relevant or or there's that constant struggle in every meeting, every week. Why didn't this get posted? You know, you kind of have that friction that you don't need either. So definitely get the buy-in. It does take time. If you have leadership buy-in, that helps. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely think that's that's important. And one more thing that I just kind of want to point out is we've been talking about things like weekly staff meetings or maybe implying that there are large staff teams. But I think this applies to every size church. If you are volunteer led, if you are a rural, small church, these issues still exist. And again, they may not pop up until there's some sort of conflict that communication plays a role in. But even if you are volunteer led, even if you are a, a staff of one, the the issues of communicating across ministries, across everything that's happening in the church is a common issue regardless. So your context may look a little bit different than Jeanette and, and my experience here, but the, the principles are the same. And so 
thinking about how this applies to your context may look a little bit different and that's okay. And with that, I will, I guess I'll, I'll lay in the plane for today's conversation. You can be on the lookout later this week. We'll have a resource for you to help you as you think through what internal communication for your church looks like. And again, regardless of your context, regardless of whether you have a large staff or you're a staff of one, you're in a city or a rural context, we want to give you tools to help you take these conversations and make it applicable to your church. So be on the lookout for those resources. We're going to to give you the to just give you more tools to help with cross ministry collaboration and communication. We'll talk about organizing systems, templates, that kind of thing. So um, yeah, so that'll be out later this week. Thanks for listening to the Church Juice Podcast. In next week's episode, we will interview another church communications leader about his experience. The Church Juice Podcast is a listener-supported production of Reframe Ministries, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. You can learn more at churchjuice.com.